Forex Fridays, only on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Forex Fridays, the first Forex Fridays of 2022, and already a lot to digest for markets in various across various asset classes, and perhaps none more chief in the in the last 48 hours than the Federal Reserve's minutes from their latest policy meeting, where they not only indicated that they're looking a lot more in, uh, in unison and uh, uh, hawkish in unison, but also that they might also begin to trim their massive balance sheet. This, of course, hit asset classes across the board pretty hard on Thursday. And while we're seeing signs of them starting to recover, it does set new uh, parameters, at least, for markets moving forward. But, of course, we have to ask, what will this specifically mean? for forex markets, especially since so many currencies and central banks also monitor what the Fed is doing. Well, today on Forex Fridays, we're pleased to be joined by Henry Quack, the APAC head of sales trading and research at State Street to help us kick off the year and also help us make sense of these, these huge developments coming from the Fed and what it'll mean for forex markets moving forward. Henry, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. Welcome to the show, sir. Hope you had a great turn into 2022. Thank you very much, JP, for inviting me back. All right. So, you know, when we start, it might be good, actually, to take stock of the Fed's minutes and how it hit asset classes. I'm sure you looked over your shoulder and saw what it did to stocks yesterday. Singapore's STI was one of the only sole survivors across the world in yesterday's session. And really, it has set a new paradigm. The Fed pretty much confirming that, yep, we're going to be a lot more hawkish this year and we're going to start trimming that balance sheet. But the Fed is very important also to how Forex markets move. How have the events and how has the Fed's minutes impacted the outlook for Forex markets and global Forex markets, in your opinion? Um, I think, JP, that's a great start to this whole uh, interview. I think the Fed, sort of the rate hike scenario, has uh, been on the cards for a while, right? And as you know, the 10-year yields are actually the highest since June 2020. Uh, but more importantly, I think, uh, you know, you mentioned about the Fed tapering as well as the, the hiking of rates uh, in 2022. Uh, the question is that, you know, the Fed has never done hiking rates and reducing the balance sheet simultaneously. So I think that's something to watch out for. And I think if you've seen uh, the, the Federal Reserve, uh, one of the chairmen's Bullard, talking about, you know, having rate hikes as early as March, right? I think that's where the concerns came in. And I guess the push forward in terms of rate expectation has led to the market sell-off. It has stabilized a bit uh, earlier last night. And the same thing is that we have to look at the non-farm payroll, which comes out tonight as well. I think which will have a bit of an impact in terms of where we see the economy is going in the U.S. Mm. And, of course, this all ties into the almighty U.S. dollar. Some call it the tail that wags the dog, which is currency markets for the most part. And again, as you mentioned, it seems like a big move that maybe caught some people a little bit by surprise. Uh, the, the bond tri- the plan to trim the balance sheet earlier than expected rate hikes, if you believe in St. Louis Fed uh, President James Bullard's comments, and also the tapering of that bond, those bond purchases. So how is this impacting your outlook for the U.S. dollar in 2022? Is still still going to be the currency to watch um, uh, for this year? I think that's an interesting question as well, right? I think you saw the dollar rally across the board generally. Um, but we are actually somewhat cautious on the dollar. Uh, I think continued risk resilience healthy global demand and a sense that short rates now are more than adequately reflect the Fed's policy stance, suggests risk reward is for maybe potentially for US dollar downside in 2022. Hmm. And the fiscal drag could also weigh on growth and approaching midterms suggests 
you know, bold policy initiatives will be less likely, right? So hence the dollar will retain rate support against the rest of the G3, but the US dollar may even struggle against the riskier currencies. Mm, interesting. Um, so uh, what might be the other crucial catalyst underpinning this par- par- particular trend? Because it's a little surprising actually to hear that the dollar might actually have choppier waters than we'd expect in this year where we might expect tighter policy. Yeah, I, I think the we could be a year of two halves, right? I mm. think, you know, in, originally, as you said, that rate expectation has moved forward to probably the first half of the year, maybe one or two. And we're talking about when this rate hikes come into expectations, right? It, I think the concerns about growth and also, uh, um, you know, as we unfold this Omicron wave, right, in the U.S. and elsewhere, could have an impact in terms of slowing growth. And then hence, the pause in rate hikes going forward could then have a dampening effect on the U.S. dollar. Mm. Um, of course, a lot of this, of course, and the Fed's hawkish turn is very closely linked also to inflation and also how it's also affected yields. Um, How might the trajectory for yields influence currencies, especially after we saw U.S. 10-year yields and the yield curve itself steepen in that fashion in the last 48 hours? And, you know, it's interesting because the sort of the inflation rates across developed markets are actually almost up almost 4% across the board. And so far from normal or stable levels, and central banks are far more alert to the realities of stubbornly high prices, right? The hawkish pivot from the Fed is the most visible shift, confirmed by the minutes, as you mentioned earlier. Although investors now expect hikes from almost all of the G10 central banks in 2022. So hence, you see a bit of relative play here. And one point to note is there are signs that we may have seen a peak in prices as well with most G10 monthly readings well off their 2021 highs, although remaining high by end of the year levels. The major impact of the Fed is obviously on the US dollar, but recent hawkish pivot could partially fade if inflation readings continue to normalize. And again, it may present an opportunity for risk markets in Asia. Okay, we're still speaking to Henry Quek, the APAC Head of Sales, Trading and Research at State Street here on Forex Fridays. And we're talking about the Fed's hawkish tilt and how that's influencing the greenback and currencies across the world in 2022. And I want to focus on how what this will mean for the broader currency complex. Tighter policy could hit developed and emerging market currencies differently in this environment. Now, among these developed and emerging market currencies, which winners and losers are you tracking more closely than others, Henry? Uh, it's a good question to start the year with. Um, I think our focus is on, if you look at the winners, and obviously if you look at the you know where the price action is uh, from last night, you'll be surprised. But we are a bit positive on the Korean one. Interesting. I think mainly because the BOK policy normalization aids resurgent domestic economy and equity outflows could reverse on continued strong external demand conditions. The Korean one we feel is undervalued and has technical support and looks oversold, right? Mm. So second currency we think is probably might outperform in 2022 is the Thai baht. Anticipation mm. of domestic reopening is a laggard to play catch up return of current account surplus and further capital reallocation away from China to Thailand for manufacturing and production. So that's a big positive for Taiwan. And the third currency we think that could also in Asia is the IDR or the Indonesian rupiah. And the highest real reels in the region with persistent inflows across local currency bonds and equities, improvement in current and fiscal account, and a good mix of commodity support and domestic recovery. And among our G10 currencies, which we like, is the Norwegian krona. Uh, mm. It has been our favorite for a long time for last year and benefiting it from 
you know, a dose of healthy terms of trade, attractive valuation, underweight real money positioning, and a central bank that is no more than fairly priced for rate normalization, allowing for potential further rate support should conditions warrant. All right. So these are part of our winners in, in, in this category. And who might you who might be potential, I don't want to use the word losers here, but I do, uh, which ones do you think might be more vulnerable to some of these risks uh, in 2022, Henry? Which ones are you tracking in terms of potential downsider concerns? Yeah, sure. We, we have a couple of uh, currencies that we are monitoring closely. I think one of the sort of the weaker performance ones would be the Taiwan dollar. We feel that the high sensitivity to tech and equity movement, strong correlation to Chinese imports and credit impulse, China-US-Taiwan tensions to spill over to corporates, lingering supply side shortages. So this could impact the Taiwan dollar. I know that it's actually as, at its high for a few months, but it, it's interesting to keep a look at out for that rates at this point in time. The second currency we're looking at that potentially could lose out among Asia is the Philippine peso. Mm. The low vaccination rate renders the Philippines vulnerable to renewed outbreaks. Dovish BSP policy, the central bank, current account deficit and overvalued peso at the moment brings outflow risk, while presidential election heightens political risk. And of course, in, when we look into Europe or uh, emerging Europe, I think the Turkish lira stands out as one of the laggards. As you know, central bank credibility is seriously undermined by the easing cycle. And despite unorthodox currency policy, headline inflation will remain very elevated, as will negative real rates. This poses further risk to capital outflows. And I think what among the G10 currencies which we feel would suffer would be actually the sterling, right, on oh. the pound. Consensus overweight positioning and a rate market price for near perfection leaves the, the pound the least favored of our G10 currencies. Mm. With the UK economy is proving more resilient to continued COVID worries, it is actually forecast to grow at a fastest rate relative to trend of any developed economy. We see the 100 basis points uh, Bank of England pricing this year is overdone. And even with high inflation, given upcoming fiscal drag and post-Brexit effects, this is poised to hit consumers hard. So that's one of the reasons why we think the sterling will be one of the weaker ones in, in the G10 world. Interesting uh, set of currencies you've laid out as potential winners and losers there, Henry. I do want to also focus on another currency everyone's watching more and more closely this year. That's the Chinese yuan. Now, we have that slowdown in growth that's being expected even by officials in Beijing who have indicated that they want looser settings along uh, to help buttress them against all of these uncertainties. But we've seen the Chinese yuan actually stay fairly resilient for the most part in 2021. Could this be the year, though, that where, where the yuan's uh, newfound uh, reputation for resilience perhaps gets tested? We actually do think so, because I think it's an interesting year in 2022, right? Um, you know, China as a country undergoes a once-in-a-decade leadership reshuffle, as we all know, in the second half of the year. As a result, the policy guidance for 2022 underscores the stability is crucial and macro environment will be accommodative amid a slowdown in growth. So the yuan strength is at the moment still well supported with China front-loading accommodative policies, sustained current account surplus and continued capital inflows into both the, the bond markets and the equity markets. In the second half, however, I think it's likely to look different when the Fed embarks on the high cycle, as we spoke about earlier, and Chinese uh, balance of payment dynamic softens. And with potential prolonged zero COVID policy putting pressure on the yen, we could see a reversal of the yen trend at the moment. All right. And very quickly, Henry, I just wanted to get your thoughts on 
this growing policy divergence between the Fed and the PBOC. Now, I just want to take you back about three years, uh, two years ago, when the pandemic started and the and the Fed was very much uh, accommodative or just pulled out all the stops in loosening their settings in order to support the economy in the U.S., while China said, you know, my, not, my, now might be the time to be more prudent with policy. This time around, we're seeing a reverse, right? The Fed becoming more hawkish and, the, right. and, the, and China and the PBOC saying, yep, this might be the time for us to start supporting this uh, economic slowdown. When you see these two big central banks that some may argue are the two most influential in the world now diverging, is this going to be important for forex markets in the region to monitor? And could this perhaps cause um, opportunities or perhaps some disturbances for how currencies trade in the region? I, I would think that this divergence would have added some volatility, especially in emerging markets, which has a lot of dependency on where the yuan moves. Mm-hmm. I think global liquidity tightening from the Fed policy normalization and easing policy by the PBOC will have impact on emerging markets, right? Because we're looking at yield differentials here, compressing and the raising threat of capital outflows and putting pressure on all these currencies. FX markets in general would face greater pressure, but unlike the taper tantrum this time around, idiosyncratic country characteristics would likely play a bigger role, and central bank rate decisions affect reserve levels, inflation and real yields, export dynamics, as well as vaccination rates, and resiliency and recovery would underpin emerging markets foreign exchange in the region on a relative basis. That's how we look at it. Henry Quack. APAC Head of Sales Trading and Research at State Street, thank you so much for joining us today on Forex Fridays here on Money FM 89.3 and helping us kick off the new year. As always, I wish you and your loved and continued health and safety during this these times, and we look forward to next time you can join us on the show. Meanwhile, stay safe, sir, and we hope you have a good first weekend in 2022. Thank you, JP. All the best in, in 2022. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.